If one of the hardest things to figure out these days is what to watch next, first of all, congrats. Second of all, you should check out HBO Max. Discover something new to watch on HBO Max like Lovecraft Country, the new HBO series from Jordan Peele, Misha Green, and J.J. Abrams that's got everyone buzzing. Plus, HBO Max is the only place you'll find new binge-worthy Max originals like Selena Gomez's new cooking show. You heard that right, Selena Gomez's Learning to Cook, from some of the world's best chefs, no less. Find your next favorite all in one place on HBO Max. Start streaming today, download the app, or visit hbomax.com to start your free trial. Welcome to Switched on Pop. I'm musicologist Nate Sloan. And I'm songwriter Charlie Harding. Charlie, as ever, we are indebted to our listeners for keeping us on the pulse of pop music. Oh yeah, what have you heard? And right now we are indebted to listener Jenna DeWitt, who has informed us that there's something happening in pop music right now. What's happening? There's a kind of millennial nostalgia. Well, unsurprising, yeah. (laughs) But no, that we can be very specific. There's nostalgia by millennials for the new millennium. <laughs> and I want to explore this. How do you create nostalgia for a moment 20 years ago mm. in music and lyrics? Mm-hmm. And we're going to explore that through the lens of a song by Charlie XCX and Troy Savon. Love them. And then in the second half, I want to think about how our understanding of the millennium has changed. Over time. Okay, cool. Through the lens of music. Yeah. Okay? Okay, so let's dive into the song by Charlie XCX and Troy Savan that just came out called 1999. What? Like Prince? Yes. (laughs) What? We've talked about both Charlie XCX and Troy Savon separately on this show. They're spectacular. I think we immediately started nodding our heads when it started. I'm skeptical of nostalgia as an aesthetic, but I like this song. Okay, great. Well, let's get into that. Save your skepticism for a moment. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> let's for, let's talk for a second about how this song does create nostalgia. Yeah. Right? So certainly in the lyrics, yeah. we have some very clear references to this late 90s millennial moment. Sure. And one of the biggest ones is a reference to the Britney Spears song from the year 1999, uh, Hit Me Baby One More Time. Right there. Ooh, nice the little chorus. rhyme there, Nate. <laughs> oh, that I wasn't even intentional. Now, the question I want to ask though, so there's definitely some lyrical references here. Yeah. And in general, there's the sense of wanting to go back to, you know, a simpler time, a time of your youth, the old neighborhood, just right. sort of like an, is a very escapist kind of fantasy here. Right. Drop all the adult responsibilities. Exactly. But here's the question. Musically, do you think this song creates 90s nostalgia? Ooh, that's a great question. Thank you. I think it's a blend of modern pop music. Otherwise, it wouldn't work. Like if you actually put... Britney Spears in the middle of 
other Troy Sivan and Charlie XCX tracks, it would sound entirely different. Like actually the songs were mixed differently back mm-hmm. then because they were mixed for FM radio ah. and things are now mixed for streaming fascinating oh yeah no there's so there's all sorts of, you know obviously compositional differences and sound choice differences and even harmonic differences mm. uh, we've seen a radical shift of what mainstream popular music sounds like in that time frame however there are definitely some timbral qualities and orchestrating choices that i'm hearing some 90s stuff particularly that piano sound at the end. Charlie, very, very good, Charlie. You passed with flying colors because I agree. I think in a lot of ways, there's not much here really to connect you to that late 90s, early 2000s musical moment. But there may be one key aspect, and it is that piano. Very a so, key aspect. That was a, that was <laughs> that was really bad. I was. Un, I'm not trying. You <laughs> find. You want to find puns and wordplay. My job is to find meaning in all things unnecessary. Everywhere. Okay. Well, find meaning in this, okay. Chuck. <laughs> let's go. Uh, let's go to the bridge of yep. this song, and cool. we're going to talk more about the bridge. But let's just listen to that piano because it'll really come to the fore here. Yes. Back to 1999. Born in 1995, not watching JT on TRL on MTV in 1999. No, he's referencing JTT. Oh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Wow, yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That that he was the the young heartthrob star of uh, Home Improvement. Oh, that's right. And, a very, and you know, a very teen idol yeah. of the time. Okay, so we've got this great bridge, perhaps anachronistic based on Troy Sivan's own biography but a bridge referencing you know 90s icons like jtt and mtv yeah but it's really all about that piano let's just isolate that piano for a second and as you immediately recognize there's something about the sound it's like some kind of digital piano, I think. It's not a true acoustic piano. Oh, certainly not. It sounds like the piano on the Korg Triton, which is like the popular workstation keyboard at the time. Great. So we've got a very specific, this like fake piano sound and in this really driving syncopated rhythm. Yeah. And that is probably the strongest connection to the music of the late 90s because we can find that digital piano rhythmic stab motive or trope in a number of dance tracks from the period. Certainly, it's derivative of house music. Yes, okay. Right, this is like the house piano sound, which we hear first in mainstream popular music, probably in like Vogue. Great context there, Charlie. Let's dig into a couple tracks that use this house piano 90s dance track. The first one we're going to check out is DJ Bobo. Oh, I don't remember this. Classic house. (laughs) Ooh. (laughs) You know it's a 90s dance track if you want to just start bopping your head (laughs) like Will Ferrell and Chris Kattan in 
a night at the Roxbury yeah. at that SNL skit. That's what's happening. Okay, so that's DJ Bobo, someone to dance with me. Yeah. Let's hear another example of these piano stabs. Let's take a listen to Bailindo by Paradiso. Yep. yeah it's really a a moment isn't it oh yeah it's amazing how so many of these elements still exist in mainstream pop music but are sort of subverted to be more textural Mm. right you have all these big noise sweeps the and the and the drum fill those kind of things totally they're still around but they're so in your face here yeah become almost a trope and so someone like uh, i don't know i think like zed uses the exact same techniques but buries them within the mix interesting interesting where else have we've heard this too maybe in uh in green light by lord produced by jack antonoff those house piano stabs okay one more and my favorite of the bunch here this is real mccoy another night Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that terrible synth line. (laughs) Great bass. Yeah. Same drum fill. (laughs) (laughs) This is a great song. Your ears did not deceive you, Charlie. In the Charlie XCX Troy Sivan track, I think the biggest musical referent to the 90s is that piano stab, digital piano house 90s. It is very much of an era. But maybe there's another element that's a little more structural, and it's still in the same place. That is the bridge. Okay. The bridge is a formal element that is not maybe as common today as it once was we talked about that with emily warren a few we talked about exactly exactly and and i bring this up actually because the music writer brennan carley in gq really noticed when we interviewed emily warren a few episodes ago that she remarked exactly on this phenomenon the disappearing bridge right the section of a song that you only usually only hear once and it provides some contrast usually after the second chorus and it usually leads to a final chorus right it's kind of like a palate cleanser is how i think i love that i love that yeah great uh the sort of calm before the final storm of the song yeah Yeah. Yeah. and in even including a bridge charlie xcx and troy savan are maybe making a reference to an earlier period yeah and i think we can compare it in this respect to the song they mention in the chorus. Yeah. Hit Me Baby One More Time mm. by Britney Spears. Mm. So let's listen to the bridge of 1999 one more time. Yeah. And then let's compare it to the bridge of Hit Me Baby One More Time. Right. Back to Love the air horn. <laughs> I know those days are over, but a boy can fantasize about Yeah, so good. What would you say the kind of 
function of the bridge there. I think you had it right. It's the calm before the storm. It brings the energy down so that it can build right back up and we can have the biggest chorus to lead us out. Beautiful. Keep that in mind. Let's go back 20 years now to <laughs> Hit Me Baby One More Time. And we're going to jump right to the bridge. Hit me baby one more time. Okay, so once again, we've oh, yeah. kind of brought things down here. Yeah. Piano. <laughs> Sweeps. And now things are going to gradually build. And we can feel it coming. The final chorus is right around the corner. This is a little bit of a down chorus right there. Well, you're right. Something has happened here. Yeah. And this is the final thing I want to talk about yeah. in terms of the musical reference here. Because I think Charlie XCX and Troy Sivan missed an opportunity Ooh. to create another kind of 90s reference here. Right. Because this moment after the bridge in the Britney Spears song, mm -hmm. Hit Me Baby One More Time, is very characteristic of what Max Martin and other producers were doing right around the turn of the millennium. And yep. it's something that has been identified by the music theorist Megan Lavengood okay. as this discrete phenomenon huh. called the complementary chorus. Oh, what's that? Okay, so <laughs> let's go back to that moment right at the end of the bridge. It sounds like we're going back to the original chorus. Yep. Hit me baby one more time. But in fact, we don't get the original chorus we get a modified version of the chorus. Ooh, okay, great. Let's listen to that. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, the scale's rising up. What? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Right. Okay, cool. So Charlie's very excited. <laughs> I've Be never noticed this. Yeah, it's subtle in a way because it's just a slight transformation of the original chorus. But there's so much harmonic tension. We've changed the rhythm of the lyrics and the melody. Yep. We've ratcheted up the harmonic tension. It's an alternative complementary chorus. Yeah. And then what happens immediately after, so just to, to recap, we've yep. gone from a bridge that's built up into what we thought would be a chorus, but in fact, it was this kind of modified chorus. Right. And then afterwards, we go to the original chorus. Right. Of course. So let's hear that. Okay. Yeah. We've gone from bridge... Modified chorus, regular chorus, and now is kind of the coup de grace, the climax of the whole piece. Okay. Because that modified chorus yeah. and the original chorus have a secret, which is that they go together perfectly. You can play oh. those at the same time, and they will link up in all these beautiful contrapuntal <sighs> ways. That's amazing. Let's hear it. Let's hear the final chorus of this song. Baby, I must Yeah. 
Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so good. So wow. once just again, just to recap one more time. Bridge leads into this alternative chorus. Then we get to the regular chorus. And then finally, in the sort of climactic coming together of the whole piece, we get the modified chorus and the original chorus stacked on top of each other. Which we call a collision. A collision or a complementary chorus. Got great. it. Yeah. Great, great, great. Okay. What's so cool, yeah. as Megan Lavengood points out, this is not confined to Hit Me Baby One More Time. We can yeah. find this all over music of the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. And to stay in our lane here, let's stick sure. with Britney Spears. Let's go yeah. to her next big hit. Oops, I did it again. It's the same song, right? Same thing. <laughs> Get out of here. Get out of here. I don't like you. Let's go right to the bridge, okay? I'm not that same structure once again we kind of bring it down a little interlude and then this one is special yeah. oh <laughs> <laughs> it's a skit before you go there's something titanic yeah oh it's beautiful but wait a minute isn't this yeah yes it is but i thought the old lady dropped it into the ocean in the end well baby i went <laughs> the down same thing as britney spears love story okay here check it out we're headed oops i Modified chorus. Yeah. Okay, let's review. Same playbook, right? Yeah. We had uh, a bridge, and in this case, a very very late 90s early 2000s bridge right? it's like double nostalgia right <laughs> we, got, we got the titanic reference it is and it also does the same thing that taylor swift's love story does which is it takes the original classic tale and then turns it around right <laughs> instead of romeo and juliet they all die they get together in the end and at the end of titanic they're like oh everything's gonna be okay yeah let's give that a happy ending yeah okay so we have this great <laughs> titanic bridge yeah <laughs> which then builds into not the original chorus but right. this modified complementary chorus yeah then the original chorus and now finally let's listen to what happens at the very end we're going to hear the complementary chorus and the original chorus stacked on top of each other It is wow. so effective. And it's I think amazing, a yeah. subtle part of the way we hear music from that period around the turn of the millennium, mm -hmm. it's so familiar to us, whether we recognize it or not, this collision, this complementary chorus. Mm -hmm. And so I have to say that I feel like Charlie XCX and Troy Sivan missed a golden opportunity here. Ooh, let's listen slam. To the, let's listen to it one more time. Listen to the bridge going into the chorus. Yeah. And then I'll suggest what I think should be the modified oh, chorus. Damn. All right, let's let's hear it. Air horn. And it's not to take away from this song, which I really enjoy, yeah. but we'll just picture this. What if it builds up right there, I'm right there, I'm right there, and then it goes, I want want to go back to 99. 
and then you stack it on top of each other. I mean, that's obviously that's exactly what's how to make happen. it a yeah. true yeah. like millennial masterpiece. Yeah, I want <laughs> want to go back to the nineties. <laughs> Anyway, call me, reach out, tweet me, Charlie XCX, Troy Sivan. I'll, I'll help doctor this into the, the millennial masterpiece it <laughs> the could be. musicologist Nate Sloan remix. Okay, so that was a, that was a lovely yeah. trip down the lyrical, musical, structural nostalgia of mm. the, the new millennium. But I think it's worth zooming out for a minute because the fact at all that these artists have nostalgia for that time represents a very different vision of the millennium. Oh my gosh, for sure. Okay, so let's hit pause and come back and talk about how our musical understanding of the new millennium has changed. Yeah. Searching for what to stream next? HBO Max is where all of HBO meets the greatest collection of movies, shows, and Max originals for everyone in the family. Discover something fresh to watch with new HBO series like Lovecraft Country from Jordan Peele, Misha Green, and J.J. Abrams, or The Undoing, starring Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant. You can also jump into a new Max original like Selena Gomez's new cooking show, Selena and Chef, or The Flight Attendant, a dark new comedic thriller starring Kaylee Cuoco. Ridley Scott's even producing a new series called Raised by Wolves. Whether you want to rewatch classic favorites or finally get into that show your friends have recommended a thousand times, HBO Max has something for everyone. Start streaming today and find your next favorite. Download the app or visit hbomax.com to start your free trial. Support for this podcast comes from the IT experts at CDW, people who get it. At CDW, we get the future workplace works differently. Today's my first day back. Almost forgot what floor we were on. Understandable. But with modern health and safety technology orchestrated by CDW, the future can work better. Technology like thermal screening and occupancy tracking enables employees to walk confidently into the office. Wait, this isn't my floor. Is this even my building? Even if it's been a while. IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at cdw.com slash future of work. Charlie. Charlie XCX and Troy Sivan are not alone in their nostalgia for the late 90s. I think all millennials are. Isn't it like uh, 90s hip-hop radio is the fastest-growing radio format? Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. yeah okay, yeah. so this is a, a very macro trend. Oh, yeah. We can find some very micro examples of this because there are a few other recent songs that really get right to the heart of this millennial nostalgia. Mm-hmm. And one that has been pointed out to us is uh, by Lauren Elena, and it's called Ladies in the 90s. I just want to feel So we've got a number of 90s references here, including now the perennial one, Hit Me Baby One More Time. Uh, But also, let's see, No Scrubs, Strawberry Wine. Yeah. Uh, Any others I missed there? It's all buried in there. Yeah. I'm kind of baffled. I can't even think right now. Why? What's going on? I think I'm baffled because, frankly, in this moment, nostalgia feels politicized, right? Like, nostalgia for the past is 
actually an entire political movement happening in the United States. And the connection within country music and the kinds of things that are played at certain political rallies, but also just like nostalgia whatsoever. I think I'm really invigorated by people making future looking things. So for some reason, this track is a little triggering because it feels a politicized, but it's not separate from our politics. Interesting. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. The trap of nostalgia, perhaps. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's keep that in mind as yeah. we move to another song that a lot of people have contacted us about. Especially because when we did an episode with Marion Hill, we asked for songs that made lyrical allusions to other songs. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people pointed out that 2002 by Anne-Marie, which mm. despite its name came out this year, <laughs> is packed with lyrical allusions to, to 90s songs. Let's jump right to the chorus of Anne-Marie's 2002. And it went like this, say, oops, Modern nostalgia. This is like there's not even an original line in the chorus, which I don't mean as a criticism, but rather everything is a construction of popular chorus names from the 90s totally. or from 2002. Yeah. No, it's it's a collage. It's a pastiche. Yeah. And once again, the centerpiece is "Hit Me, Baby, One More Time" <laughs> by Britney out. Spears, which we yeah. could just spin yeah. off into its own episode. How yeah. is that a reclamation of you know the way that mm. Britney was sort of dismissed and hypersexualized by? reporters and 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 audiences right. at that moment right is it just kind of uh maybe forgetting the complex politics of her appearance and sound sure, sure. i don't know but again that that's yeah some cultural critics should investigate that sure. what else do we have we've got in sync bye 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 yeah. we've got oh my god they went by so fast <laughs> we've got 99 problems yeah we've got nelly ride with me oh my god again there are probably more that yeah, i yeah, can't yeah. even i think like almost every word yeah I, when nostalgia is working, it's all about tickling our memory. Mm. And so there's like these flashpoint moments of each line takes you to a different place when you heard that song. And so your own personal experience becomes embedded within the track. It yes. is a, I think it is a little pandery, but I think that it is, uh, it's effective. You know, it works. There's a reason why these songs work. Totally. And once again, I find it interesting that both of these tracks, Ladies in the 90s and 2002, while they make all these lyrical references to late 90s early 2000s moments you know again do we hear any musical sort of connections to that time I mean, this couldn't sound any this is no it's very contemporary yeah it's very contemporary i mean perhaps in here, here's one thing i, I okay. wonder it's like the harmonic progression of the verse in Anne marie's 2002 while not directly referencing the 90s is a harmonic progression that we've talked about before Oh. Let's listen to the okay. verse. Let's okay. listen to the verse. I will always remember the day you kiss my lips, light as a feather. Oh, I know where this is going. <laughs> and it went just like this. No, it's never been better than the summer of 2002. This is the chord progression that we analyzed on the DJ Khaled track, right? Exactly. Right. When we listen to DJ Khaled's I'm the One. Featuring everybody. Featuring everyone. <laughs> <laughs> that song connected us to this really ancient lineage in terms of popular music. Right. Back right. to the 20s. <laughs> of a chord progression that we would call one, six, four, five. Right. And 
this is exactly what Amory is using in 2002 as well. Let's listen to that verse one more time and let's yep. layer under it those four chords. The one chord, the six chord, the four chord, and the five chord. I will always remember. There's the one chord. The day you kiss my lips, light as a feather. The minor six chord. And it went Her. just like this. No, it's never been better. Major four chord. Major five chord. And back to the one chord. So we call this the 50s chord progression. Exactly. This and is so every track in the 50s, right? Like oh, yeah. Every doo-woppy sort of thing was this chord progression. Totally. We listened to Blue Moon, Stand By Me, Heart and Soul. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Ubiquitous. So maybe in that way, it is creating a kind of nostalgia, but not really for the 90s. Well, I think that the 90s did have more traditional harmonic progression, on last week's episode, when we were talking about the changes in country music, I was pointing out about how the chord progressions they're using sound like they're more derivative of EDM. And what we hear a lot of in contemporary music are chord progressions that don't have a strong harmonic push and pull from sort of home and away and back home, but things that are a little bit more romantic and ambiguous. Mm. And in the 90s, we would see a lot more we call sort of like traditional harmonic progression where you do have that strong push and pull. So I think we would hear a lot more of these kinds of songs in the 90s. No? No, I'm not buying it. You don't? No, I mean, I on our episode about Khaled, we showed how this progression has, that 50s progression that we're hearing in 2002 has yeah. never left oh, the yes. sphere of popular music. Sure. So I see it as this pillar of pop music harmony that you can reference at any point it almost That's is true. it's not it, it maybe it doesn't even have a temporal referent anymore so i agree in terms of this particular chord progression yeah but i think if you do go back to 90s music and we listen to the britney and you listen to what max martin no. is doing then more no. No, there's a lot more harmonic tension you're uh, huh? it's am i making too broad of a generalization professor per, I, I no no, no. I, I think your point about 90s harmony is not incorrect <laughs> uh, but it's not the right argument for no. this piece because this no. is again a double nostalgia this Thank is yeah. 90s to the 50s uh, yeah back and back, back okay and sorry i'm sorry to to, no, no, no. to theoretically backhand you there but you know it is a collegial discourse okay so we've seen how there is definitely a trend right now of reaching back to this late 90s 2000s moment and creating the sense of nostalgia Yep. And now, finally, for the last part of this episode, I want to zoom out one step further because that in itself is kind of surprising mm. because it represents a very different understanding of the new millennium. The fact that the new millennium could be a source of escapism and nostalgia is surprising because traditionally the new millennium was a source of anxiety, a mm. source of this apocalyptic end of the world pessimism. Y2K? Y2, remember, <laughs> exactly. Remember Y2K? Who would feel any nostalgia for that? Yeah. So I was thinking it could be interesting to compare a song like Charlie XCX and Troy Sivan's 1999 to another song about 1999. It's reference? By Prince. Yeah. And what we have here is a very different approach to that year. Now, the Prince song was composed in 1982. So oh, wow. it's huh. very it's projecting forward huh. to this yeah, yeah, yeah. end of the world moment, the eschatological moment, which is a reference to our Harry Styles episode, <laughs> Sign of the Times. You know, it's interesting. This <laughs> recording session we're having yeah. is becoming very nostalgic of our own recording for our <laughs> for our previous episodes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the Prince song yeah. is treating 
1999 as this end of the world rapture moment. Mm. And it's all about facing down the end of the world mm. and dancing. What else do you do at the end of the world but dance, right? It's almost anti-Orwellian. It's the future-looking dystopia. Yeah, I love it. So let's <laughs> let's spin a verse and chorus of Prince's 1999. Oh, we must. Yes. Oh. Yeah, it's always on the edge, right? So again, right? If 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 I'm gonna die, I'm gonna listen to my body tonight. It's about imagining the end of the world and just saying, you know what? Screw it. I'm just gonna dance. It's totally. it's at once I think very bleak and very optimistic at the same time. You know, one of my favorite albums is by Medeski Martin and Wood called "End of the World Dance Party." Just in case, <laughs> nice. Just in case, great. But right, so something has changed. No longer does the millennium represent this end of the world apocalyptic fantasy. Mm. Now, in comparison to, I guess, 2018, mm. it represents the simpler time. Mm. And it's true, like Y2K seems so harmless now, right? At the time, we were all very concerned that there was going to be a worldwide technological blackout. And now it's just, it's like kind of adorable, you know, right. Y2K. Right. Compared to the stuff we're living through now, the very real climate change world conflict and disorder that does frankly portend some very serious consequences for us absolutely it's like oh no 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 2000 that was a great year things were so much simpler then i think this is kind of absurd because if we look back to 2002 this is just post 9 11 mm. the allied countries preparing to go to war right the looking for weapons of mass destruction what was happening in the news was absolutely truly <laughs> utterly terrifying and being a teenager in that time was, at least for me, deeply anxiety-producing. I don't think I listened to pop music at that moment with a sense of joy and ease. Yeah. Uh, I think at that moment I was listening to some really angsty music to pair with my, my real stress that I was feeling. No, it's a great point. And I think it even further confirms, perhaps, the anxiety of our current moment. Sure. That that, by contrast, 20 years ago seems idyllic. This is what Seems, I was talking about yeah. with the politics of nostalgia, right? Yeah. Nostalgia is all about a sort of brainwashed memory. Things were better, right? Mm. Like, I don't know. That was a that was a rough period. Yeah. So I don't see it as so yeah. So, so perhaps, you know, while we can celebrate these songs, nineteen ninety nine, ladies of the nineties, two thousand and two, they're fun, they're catchy. It's like we also probably need people like Prince who are looking forward and giving us pop music that's gonna prepare us. And yeah. emotionally fortify us for the world ahead. I love rather I, than yeah. just escaping back into the past, the imagined past. Right. I've got to do another uh, another switched on pop reference. One of my favorite pieces you ever did was looking at Made in America, 
which was looking at the Toby Keith Made in America and the Jay-Z Kanye West Made in America. And what, yeah. what we determined was one was forward-looking and one was backward-looking. Mm. I was really excited to bring in the prints. I hadn't I hadn't listened to 1999 in a long time. It's an amazing song. Oh my gosh, is it yeah. radically different than anything yeah. contemporary. But it's so future-driven. Yeah. And that in some ways is more contemporary than our contemporary music. <laughs> totally. You need both. You need to look yeah. backwards and you need to look forward. Yeah. So if anyone out there has tracks looking forward, mm-hmm. pop music that is anticipating the whatever's around the corner, yeah. send it our way. Yeah, we'll make it. a future pop playlist. Ah, uh, future pop. Yeah. Beautiful. This episode of Switched on Pop was produced by me, Nate Sloan. And me, Charlie Harding. Our editing, mixing, mastering, and all the great sounds that you hear are done by Bill Lance, and our design is by Luke Harris. Our community manager is Sarah Terry. You can find more episodes of Switched on Pop at our website, switchedonpop.com, or any podcast player you prefer. I definitely recommend going to listen on Radio Public, which Mm -hmm. is just really one of the best places to listen to podcasts. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. As this episode testifies, we are so reliant on our listeners to suggest awesome topics for us to cover. You can reach out to us at contact at switchedonpop.com or on Twitter at switchedonpop. We'll be back again in two weeks with a new episode. And until then, thanks Thanks for for listening.